Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, ain't no mountain high enough, baby. Good to have you with us for our number three on a Monday afternoon at 301-230-0980, January the 22nd, 20, I can't speak today. Oh, so frustrating. It's so frustrating when your brain works one way, Matt, and the words that come out sometimes are like verbal diarrhea. Right. I mean, late Ron Rivera's tenure, I would be like, guys, it doesn't matter what he's saying. You guys are all reading into every little thing that he's saying. It's all a bunch of gobbledygook. It's all a bunch of diarrhea coming out of his mouth. Well, today I have said and the horniest guy on the, 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 the universe. I have said something other than game clock twice. I think you can fill in the. <laughs> the missing uh, words or the missing or the extra letters or however you want to trim that down. Uh, and then just whatever I just said there about January the 22nd. I sound like Zion Williamson at the podium. Like a Yes, that's Zion Williamson. When he's trying to say lackadaisical. Something he knows a lot about. And instead we got... Like Yes. Yes, I am. We're here to remind you of that. 301-230-0980-301-230-0980 is the number for you to hop aboard on the Ace Law listener lines, uh, and uh, you can join us. Listen, again, about Eric Bieniemy, we know the other candidates. Nobody that I know of is thinking that Eric Bieniemy should well let me let me back up because there are people that that think Eric Bieniemy should get the head coaching job and we just heard from a couple of them uh Lou specifically and I guess Paulie is kind of in that mix there's nobody that should be looking at it and saying it was all Ron Rivera's fault as to why Eric Bieniemy didn't become this play-calling messiah. That's not correct. Did Ron Rivera give him too much autonomy? Maybe. Did Eric Bieniemy come up with a terrible philosophy and concept for a fifth-round rookie? Yes. There is no denying that. I think in Eric Bieniemy's attempt to either, and this is more likely, to either 
show, hey, I can run a modern offense without Patrick Mahomes and without Andy Reid, and I'm going to drop back 45 times a game, and it turned out to be 41.2 times per game. Dropbacks, that's not passing attempts. That's different. Dropbacks, including sacks. In order to do that, or in order to show that I can run a modern-day offense, I'm going to do it regardless of whether I have Patrick Mahomes or not. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make it look more impressive when I do it with Sam Howell. And it, at times, it worked. If you think about it, right, the two losses to the Eagles. Week two, win in Denver. You can argue the Atlanta win, the uh, the Patriot win. Although I personally don't think Sam was very good in either one of those games. The Seattle game, he came alive in the fourth quarter. But in the first three quarters, they really didn't score a lot of points. I think they scored 12 points in the first three quarters. They moved the ball, but they didn't score a lot of points. The bottom line is this. Nobody, and I sincerely mean this, nobody should be judged by one set of rankings, one statistical analysis, one game. And hell, I'll even say this. Nobody should really ultimately be judged by one year. Right? Because I know this is a foreign concept to many of you. Nobody? Well, hear me out. I, I, Jacksonville. You can, you, you can have a bad year. That doesn't mean you're dummy, a dummy, a clueless, whatever. I mean, players have bad years all the time. And then will bounce back and all of a sudden just find their stroke again, whether it be in golf, whether it be at the plate, if you're a hitter in baseball, or a quarterback, or a pass rusher, or a cornerback, or whatever, right? So when I say nobody should be judged purely based off of a year, I understand it counts, and you have to evaluate, and you have to try and find out and assess, okay, what happened in that one year? that I like, didn't like, what happened, what do I think is his fault, not his fault, where could he improve, all that stuff. I'm not saying it doesn't count. I'm not saying it's not part of the picture. What I am trying to say is, first of all, nobody should be judged based off of one game. Nobody should be judged specifically, okay, because even by the one-year standard, because what we don't know is what went on behind the scenes. Now, what we don't know is, did Eric Bieniemy say, hey, listen, to Josh Harris, look, the reason why I did what I did with Sam Howell was because I really felt strongly about running a modern-day offense. I come from this system. It's a passer-friendly pa- passer system. Yes, we have Mahomes, what have you. But also, quite honestly, I wasn't sure whether Sam Howell was the guy, and I had to find out whether he could sink or swim the hard way. And this is why I chose to do what I did. And I found out after 17 games that he wasn't good enough to play at a high level consistently in an NFL modern-day offense. 
in which he might be asked to drop back 35 to 40 times a game. That's what I was able to assess. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be on the roster. That doesn't mean he shouldn't. He can't compete for a starting job. That doesn't mean you give up on him. That doesn't mean you trade him. All that stuff. That's what I was able to assess. That's what I was going for. I wasn't going to try and prove anybody wrong or to try and get a next head coaching job because that would be kind of silly of me because I may have just ruined. I, I may have ruined my chance at getting a head coaching job because it didn't work out. I was trying for this organization's best interests to find out whether Sam Howell could sink or swim. That should have been the message that Eric Bieniemy was trying to impart in his interview to Adam Peters and to Josh Harris at all and whoever else was involved in that interview. My main mission was to help Sam Howell grow and develop, but to find out and assess whether he could sink or swim in a pass-heavy offense. Because that's what you have to do a lot of in 2023 and moving forward. And if he said that, right, and if he said it with the conviction that Eric Bieniemy says a lot of things, and you're hearing that, you're seeing that face-to-face, what would make you think or walk away from that conversation going, this guy's incompetent, this guy doesn't deserve consideration like if that was the main thing the main message that Eric Bieniemy imparted you'd say or at least I'd say you know what that makes some sense I, maybe you could have done it a different way the old school way used to be hey run the ball a lot let the quarterback grow but I see what you were cooking I see what you were thinking Ron gave you autonomy, maybe too much autonomy. You took the autonomy that was given to you, and you tried to evaluate and establish whether Sam Howell could run a modern-day pass-heavy offense. And we found out the answer is no. At times, he could, but by and large, the answer is no. So what you did for us, Eric, what you did for us was tell us that we need a quarterback at number two. And if we're going to trade down, we damn well better not trade down too far or we're not getting one of the top three quarterbacks. And then there's a gap between, you know, the top three and the J.J. McCarthy's and the Bo Nix's and the Michael Penix's of the world. Not that you can't win or cook dinner with those guys, but they're not top five. They're not top 10. They're not top 12. I don't even think any of those guys are top 15. But what, that's what you did for us. You determined through, and maybe it cost you, you determined for whatever reason with the autonomy that you had that Sam Howell is not a 35 to 45, let's just call it that, water spectrum, per game drop back passer. And for that, thank you. Thank you. Because you just made that decision easier for us. Right? So maybe that's the way the interview went. Maybe that's the way the interview went. Now, maybe it's possible that EB said, you know what? I want. You know what? That's not a bad point. I don't know if that's exactly true, but I, 
maybe that that was what he was thinking. So maybe what happened this year, and, and there's the, a reason why I'm getting to this, maybe what happened this year wasn't all EB's fault. Now, common sense would tell you, logic would tell you, if you listen to this show, if you're a smart football fan, you'd understand there's no chance in God's green earth was it all EB's fault. Okay? There's no chance. Again, we don't play the game that many of you play, which is 100% credit blame to the coaches. We don't play that game. So, again, you can walk away saying, as I did, that Eric Bieniemy, in his first year of exclusive play calling, as a full-time play caller, offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, Granted, with a spotty offensive line, receivers that, for whatever reason, disappeared, whether that's by creating separation through route development or assistant, to say the ends, running backs that were, you know, fine, fine, you can sit there and say, well, geez, EB, statistically, you didn't really improve. It got messy down towards the end. You did a terrible job. Or you could look at it big picture and you could say, you know what? We don't know exactly what happened besides what you're telling us, whatever it was that you're telling us, and what our eyes told us. What if, what if we got you the number two overall pick and you had a quarterback with big time talent to try and develop? And clearly, and here's where I'm going with this, you are a leader of men. Our guys didn't like you because you were too tough on them, supposedly, allegedly. Our guys were rubbed the wrong way. They were uncomfortable because of your hard-nosed style. And if I'm Adam Peters, privately and publicly, I've told anyone and everyone who will listen, I'm looking for a leader. Not for specifically an offensive or defensive-minded head coach. I'm looking for a leader. Is it possible that the best leader they're going to be able to find is already in their building? Again, many of you will dismiss it solely and purely based on statistics and the numbers not improving enough. And I can't work around that. It is what it is. I don't know the reason why EB chose to go the way he did, but I just outlined a couple of the possible theories. But if they're truly looking for a leader, He might already be in the building. If that's truly what they're looking for. I don't think it's truly what they're looking for. I think it's important, but I think some of it was said to establish a vision. I think ultimately what they're going to do is say, yeah, that's... We don't feel exactly comfortable going that route, but maybe what they could do is, again, hire the defensive coach 
Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, Mike McDonald, and keep EB, or hope to keep EB, who is not getting any other head coaching interview opportunities that we know of, and is under contract, which I think and has been the most logical scenario all along. But if they hire a new offensive coach, it's very unlikely that EB stays. Again, where are you at? It's a difficult situation to kind of decipher. And again, let me be clear. They did not interview Eric Bieniemy to satisfy the Rooney rule. They had already done that. This was not a token interview in any way, shape, or form. So let's not bark up that wrong tree. 301-230-0980. Chris, hang on. We'll get to you right after the break on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So I missed this earlier today on the junkies. Uh, the story is up at the team980.com. If you listen to the junkies, you know, uh, here on the team 980 or on 1067 the fan, you know that the junks are more about their own opinions, their feelings. They're not reporters, they're not journalists. They're not in locker rooms. They're not breaking down every nuance of every game. But if you listen to the junkies, you know this, that EB, Eric Bickle, is the only Commanders fan on that four-man crew. Don't be a donk. (laughs) You know that EB is the only legitimate Commanders fan on that foursome. Even the two producers, Valdez and Drab, One's a Ravens fan who doesn't have to get uh, his ass tattooed now that the Ravens won. And Drab's a Seahawks fan. Okay? So apparently this morning, and I only saw this because Linnell is promising a reaction uh, to this, so I missed it. This morning, apparently EB of the Junkies, again, the only Commanders fan on the show, said, quote, I would puke. End quote. If Eric Bieniemy is the hire. Now listen, EB of the Junkies has made more money and got more ratings, uh, you know, than I ever will. Okay? So everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You do whatever you want. 
Okay? People see things different ways. But I would say this. I would puke is a what people would call a typical shock jock sports radio over the top an unnecessary reaction is what I would say. And again, I would also say this, that anyone that says, I would puke, no chance, no way, not happening, uh, can't stand EB, don't even interview him, don't consider him for the job, is simply and only responding to what they saw over 17 games, which is a fairly large sample size. But again, here was the point that I was trying to make earlier, is yes, a year is a good sample size, but we don't know what happened within the walls of that year. We don't know what would happen if Eric Bieniemy was the head coach and he could pick the quarterback that he wanted, along with a smart personnel executive like Adam Peters, and coach him from the jump. We don't know. So while you guys all think you have the answers and EB wants to puke if the other EB is the head coach, and again, not telling anybody to have an opinion that, you know, like you go ahead. I mean, I could think you're nuts, but you're entitled to your own opinion. But my overall point is all of you guys were so in on EB and then you watch EB coordinate an offense and things don't go right, and now all of a sudden you think he's terrible. Stop doing that. Stop thinking that everything is straight up in the way it should be and the way it is. There could have been lots of things at play, such as, hey, I don't want this guy, Sam Howell. I want Jacoby Prezet. I don't have the power. To necessarily do that or to stage a quarterback competition. It's possible. Not saying it is, but I'm saying it's possible. 301-230-0980. is the number. Again, maybe it sounds like I'm making up an excuse for Eric Bieniemy. I'm not trying to. What I am trying to establish is that not everything is exactly the way you think it is. And not everything should be judged based off of statistics. Because if you look just at one year, just at one year, people have down years. People have off years. People have success and then they fail. And then, or they fail or struggle and then they have success. And let me give you a perfect example. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Nick Sirianni and the Eagles. They were 10-1, and 1, as Matt mentioned. What did they do the rest of the way? They lost a lot of games. Yeah, six out of seven. And they sucked in the playoff game, down the stretch, and now everything is in question. Does that mean Nick Seriani or Jalen Hurts or the Eagles organization or a bad uh, head coach, quarterback organization, or did they just go through a really bad stretch and now they've got to figure out how are we going to fix this? That's what it means to me. It does not mean that you fire everybody 
and you get rid of everybody because you struggled in six out of the final seven games or whatever it was. But real quick, though, with regards to EB being brought in, it's important to remember with him talking and potentially with the hypothetical of, oh, I was told to play Sam, all that kind of stuff. The organization knows for a fact what happened because this is the same team that was getting all of the information. So there is a level of transparency that has to happen with this interview process that you also have to assume if all of these ideas were strictly on him, they would have avoided the interview. So there's something to be said on both sides for that. It's fair. It's fair. Fair point. But what if, what if that's the reality? What if the reality is EB, Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, they were all told by Ron, look, guys, I'm not going back on my word. Sam Howell deserves the first chance. He's going to be QB1. He's going to be the starter unless he completely craps his pants, which he did late in the year, and then he wasn't the starter anymore. Even though he started every game, remember, he was benched three times in a row and then and then not the starter until Jacoby Prissett. Some people think it was a made-up injury until Jacoby Prissett pulled a hamstring. But maybe it's possible, possible that EB said, all right, you picked your guy. I'm going to pick my guy, Brissett, and we're going to have a competition in some sort of way. And maybe I'll get lucky if you won't let me have a true quarterback competition where they rotate in series and all that stuff during the OTAs and preseason. Maybe I'll get my way because Sam will look so bad and I'll be so much of a hard ass on him that Brissett will become the answer. You'll see. Maybe, Maybe that was the case. Maybe that was the thought process. We don't know. Don't think because of what was on your television and what was in front of your eyes, that that was absolutely the reality and everyone was on board. Because it's possible, it's possible that not everybody was on board, including the others that were so-called the Marty Party or Ron's henchmen or what have you. 301 We'll come back and we'll wrap some things up elsewhere in the world of sports. And Dumb Dumb of the Day. First, we have a trending alert. Here's what's trending on the Team 980. All right, some NFL news and notes. The Chicago Bears are closing in on hiring Shane Waldron, the now former Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator, to that same spot. They hold the number one overall pick. Uh, Certainly, that is a little bit of a surprise move uh, because – Uh, His name had not been mentioned in connection with that. Of course, he was once an assistant here with the Washington Redskins and out of the Shanahan tree. Meanwhile, Ron Rivera interviewing, we just mentioned, for the Eagles and their defensive coordinator position after uh, Matt Patricia was allowed to explore other opportunities and Sean Desai was fired in just one year. Also, The Lions have reached a deal with veteran tight end Zach Ertz, and they hope to be able to get him for the NFC Championship game, which comes up this Sunday evening at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara against the San Francisco 49ers. And from college basketball, DePaul firing head coach Tony Stubblefield. Not Dana Stubblefield. Nope, Tony Stubblefield. After a 3-15 start to the season, he was in the middle 
of year number three. College football, congratulations to former Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo. He is the new head coach of San Jose State University, and that's what's trending. Final phone calls here in a sec. 301-230-0980 on the Ace Law listener lines. In a rec, Ace Law. Help you get a check. Call them at 8888-ACE-LAW. But also first, we tell you, coming up in less than two weeks, Friday, February the 2nd, baby, at the Bethesda Theater. BethesdaTheater.com is how you get your tickets. It is 106.7 The Fan versus Team 980 live on stage, uncensored, not on the radio. Yes, that means we can curse and we can say game instead of game clock like I tried to earlier. And I did, actually. <laughs> by accident, not by design. Anyway, uh, it's all uncensored. Yeah, there will be no beeping. Matt won't have to hit the dump button or anything like that. It, well, all over me then. <laughs> it features the sports junkies. Uh, Grant and Danny, uh, B. Mitch and Finley, Coach Sheehan, myself, Craig Hoffman, who's coming up at 4 o'clock, about 23 minutes or so away. Uh, The guys from Bit Season, Matty will be there. I don't know who else is going to be there. Uh, I just heard from Big Tony. He's going to be there. If you want to talk Steelers football with Big Tony, he'll be there, he says, on Friday night, February the 2nd, and you can get your tickets too. So you can be there at BethesdaTheater.com. That's Bethesda Theater. Dot com presented by our friends at Main Street Bank. Your local bank, local put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. All right, before we go any further, let's get to Rob and Frederick on uh, line two. Uh, uh, before we uh, again run out of time, what's up, Rob? How are you? Good, how you doing, Chris? All right, Rob, what's going on? Look, man, I've been waiting to say this for a long time. I know I can't be the only person. I cannot speculate on, you know, what EB was thinking about, you know, who he wanted at quarterback. But I can tell you what I do know is what I've seen. And I know there are things behind the scenes you don't know. I understand that. But I know this. We had basically a rookie quarterback in Sam Howell. He dropped back to pass more than any other quarterback in the NFL this year with a weak offensive line. It's like driving a square peg in a round hole. It wasn't fair to Sam. And all I can say is anybody that would do something like that shouldn't be cutting uh, my grass in my yard. I, would, I do not want him as a no coordinator. There's no way on earth that you can justify passing that much, running game or not, with a brand new, uh, basically a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and again, Rob, like I don't know how long you've been listening, but but you know the I, I didn't like it either. Okay, I, I railed against it. I'm a run. I'm I'm a run heavier guy. I'm not saying I'm a run first guy. Uh, I'm much more balanced. I understand you got to marry run game principles and play action and all that fancy nerd talk. I, I get it all. Okay, I understand it did not make a lot of sense, and it was not just because the defense was bad, as some people have tried to suggest. I didn't like a lot of the philosophy that Eric Bieniemy had. I like some of it, but I didn't like a lot of it. Okay, 
However, if I'm going to be fair, all right, what I'm trying to get at is what I what we don't know is was Sam Howell his guy? Was he trying to prove a point to Ron Rivera to the rest of the NFL? Was he trying to do a true evaluation while trying to develop a quarterback? What that's these are the things that we don't know. So because we're probably never going to find out, right? Because we're probably never going to find out, can we honestly say that under no circumstances, no consideration, should EB be an offensive coordinator and play caller or the head coach? And, and that's where I go, well, I'm not sure, and that's why I needed to do the interview. Hopefully I found out more information than I had. Maybe I found out something I didn't know or realize if I'm Josh Harris and certainly Adam Peters. And maybe somehow, some way, because I said I'm looking for leader, okay, first and foremost, that maybe I was blown away by something Eric Bieniemy said or did or presented. I don't know. We, we you know, unfortunately, know, we're not privy he, to these interviews. But Chris, but this, all I'm saying is this: anybody. Anybody who would pass as much as they did with a rookie quarterback like that, to me, I'm just telling you, my, my thing is his IQ. I don't care what he does. He never could prove to me that he's suitable for that job, taking a guy with a weak offensive line mm-hmm. and dropping him back that often. Rob, you and could he, very well be – yeah, you could very well be correct. You're probably more correct than I am by, by allowing some wiggle room here. You're, you're probably right. What I, I, you're more right than I, I'm sure I am. Okay. Well, I'm guessing that I am, but, but I, I guess, <laughs> I, I guess what I'm asking you is would would you allow the mere possibility that he was doing it? Not because that is his philosophy and that's what he thought was the right thing to do as opposed to some other political play. Well, here's, the only, th- here's the only thing, Chris, Chris, Here's the only thing. If he was doing it because he wanted, you know, the other fellow at quarterback, the only problem is is that you're judged by wins and losses. That's fair. And I just can't see why. I don't see how an O coordinator would would put a guy in harm's way and knowing he's going to lose just to get another quarterback in there by making him drop back and pass all that. I mean, that's just not logical. It's not logical. You so, know, you know, you know what? You're is, you're absolutely right about that. Again, I would tell you, logic does not exist in quite the way that everybody thinks it does in the NFL. I'm, I'll just say this in closing, and I'll and I'll hang up and listen. All I know is is that 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 I I think it destroyed Hal, and I'm hoping that somehow, some way. He can still get a job in the NFL, be our backup or whatever, because you know we're going to draft a quarterback number two overall. I don't care. that That's going to happen. But I just feel bad for him because because of what they did to him. I hope they didn't destroy him. I hope not either. Um, on, I don't think it did. I don't think it did. But I think what it did was it proved that he has a long way to go before he could be absolutely considered a strong starter, not a starter. Right, he can start games, but a strong foundational, some might call it a franchise type starter. And we're not talking about elite Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow esque. I'm talking about, you know, where where you could say, Okay, we could win nine games with that guy. Maybe ten if everything goes right, or or whatever, something like that. I think right now he's far rem- enough removed from that, never mind elite or anything like that. But but 
Do I believe at some point he could get back there? Yes, I do. I saw enough, honestly, of the light on as opposed to off where I think it can get fixed in the right situation and the right scenario. Rob, I appreciate the phone call. And I totally understand. Again, Rob is probably right. It didn't make sense. Again, I said this all year. It did not make sense for Eric Bieniemy to do what he does and do what he did. I think game one, Sam had like, I want to say it was like, thir- um, let me check. Um, I think it was, um, I think Sam had maybe 31 passing attempts and seven sacks, I believe it was. Let me double check here. Uh, against Arizona. Sam Howell was, uh, he threw net yards passing 156, but that's because of the sacks. He was sacked six times. There was a seventh play where it should have been a sack, but I think it was for zero yardage. I think that's, if I remember correctly on that, gross yards passing 202, pass attempts 31. Again, that's not 31 times is not the dropbacks. He dropped back 37 times in a tight ball game. Sam was asked to do too much right from the get-go. Again, you want to say, well, in Denver the next week, 39 pass attempts plus four sacks, that's 43. You want to say, well, Chris, that's because they were down early. You're right. You're right. I'm not saying it wasn't at all connected to score and game flow and what have you. What I am saying is there were a lot of times, even the Buffalo game for the first three quarters, where Sam was being asked to do too much in close game situations. And if that is the writing, if you will, on EB's, uh, what, what do they call that? Um, you know, when somebody, uh, you know, in the cemetery on, on tombstone, um, what what the words I, is that an epitaph? I, I don't I don't know if that's yeah, the right epitaph. word that I'm looking for, but you know what I'm trying to get. At. If that's like the writing on EB's tombstone from his one year here, was that he asked Sam Howell to do too much? Yeah, man, you absolutely did. What we don't know is the reason why. Was it because you thought it was a great idea or because you were trying to prove a point or because you were trying to evaluate? And the best way you knew how to evaluate was to force feed and overfeed. We don't know the answer to these questions. Again, that's why you do the interview. And when we say interview, I think people think, oh, it's like an interview that you would do for any other job. You know, you go in, you sit down with a human resources person, you know, 10, 15 minutes, they make googly moogly at you and say, hey, we'd like to bring you aboard. That's not the way it works in the NFL. That's not the way it should work in the NFL. Like, if you think that Adam Peters, who wasn't here, and Josh Harris, who's still new to the NFL, not to mention his partners, sat down with Eric Bieniemy for 10 minutes and a cup of coffee 
in the Redskins Park Cafeteria, the Commander's Park Cafeteria, you're insane. That's not the way it works. This was probably hours, minimum two hours, possibly more. Not to mention what the ownership group observed, what Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney observed and interacted over the course of almost the last 11 months since Eric Bieniemy got here and what they were able to relay. Again, I would not hire Eric Bieniemy to be my head coach. I can't make that any more abundantly clear. It was absolutely the right thing to do to interview him and to find out, hey, why did you do this? What do you think about this? Why was this? So that's where we let it lay. All right, coming up, dum-dum of the day. And, well, imagine if you rang somebody's doorbell and then this happened to you. This is next. All right, it's time to wrap up the show here on a Monday. We'll be back at it again tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I think the DOC is in tomorrow. I haven't checked the schedule. Sometimes uh, I kind of forget to do that. Um, But that's what my expectation is. Let's put it that way. Um, So we will see how that works. Uh, But I have not talked to the DOC in a couple of days. So uh, not... 100% sure. Either way, we'll figure it out. Craig Hoffman coming up next, but right now, imagine being middle school age, your kids around the neighborhood, up to a little bit of chicanery, and then this happens. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day. Ah, yes. I used to live in Fredericksburg, Virginia. For about mm, seven years, I like Fredericksburg. Too much traffic, but I like Fredericksburg. But imagine being a bunch of school-age girls, middle school-ish, you know, 12, 13, somewhere in that range. I don't know exact age. And girls go out to have a little bit of, again, not great fun cause a little issue by going up to somebody's house and ringing the doorbell. Apparently the game is called Ding Dong Ditch. I've never really heard of Ding Dong Ditch. Are you for real? I no. Oh, wow. Is that a real popular thing? I mean, I wouldn't say it's real popular. I'd say it's in this area most kids have done it. Okay. I, I mean, I've heard of something, maybe it called a different thing. So basically what you do is you go up to somebody's house and you ring their doorbell and you take off running. Okay? Maybe I've heard it under a different name, but apparently they call it Ding Dong Ditch. Ah, all right. So this happened last week in Fredericksburg, and the middle-aged, middle school-aged girls go up, they play 
ding-dong ditch at 35-year-old Deronda Bailey's house. Now, you might say, well, I don't know who Deronda Bailey is. 35 years old, must be a nice lady, right? And she's a teacher at Walker Grant Middle School. Except what the girls didn't know was that Deronda Bailey <laughs> had a rifle. What? Yes! So the girls rang the doorbell at around 4.30 on Friday afternoon. They rang the doorbell twice, took off. And then moments later, Deronda Bailey drove in her vehicle up to the children and threatened them by displaying a semi-automatic firearm. The children told their parents, who called police, and Bailey was arrested and taken into custody initially without bond. She's since been released. Apparently, while the parents are not condoning their behavior of their children, which is absolutely the correct thing to do, the teacher, again, brandishing a firearm and threatening students is not something you want to do. And ultimately, while the school district is taking it seriously and not commenting on personal matters and blah, 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 she was charged with five counts, five counts of brandishing a firearm. Five. Think about this. Think about how crazy you have to be for somebody to ring your doorbell and for you to get in your car and drive up to them and whip out a pistol. I got to be honest, if somebody rings my doorbell and then I go and open the door and no one's there, I'm happier because I don't have to talk to anybody. Yes. And think about how crazy you have to be if you're a teacher. Congratulations. You're Chris's dumb dumb of the day. Mr. Rhonda Bailey, you are a trip, man. And that's the nicest way I can say it. My goodness. All right, Craig Hoffman coming up next. He'll take you home on this Monday afternoon. Back at it tomorrow at 1. Thanks to Matty Ice. Thanks to you guys for playing along and being with us on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Adios. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.